Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. A controversial play in Dallas, one pro day already swaying betters, and the madness of the Sweet 16 getting underway today. Welcome into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM alongside Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bonatoni live from Circa Resort and Casino. Hello, Stormy. Hello, hello. Happy to have you back today. It's good to be back from uh, days off. Yeah, it's good. I, we got to figure this out, but it's all working out well. Yeah, yeah. you're still adjusting to being on yeah. Pacific time. Uh, it's a different life. I am adjusting to the show being early in the morning <laughs> where I'm used to having it at lunchtime, you know? So I went from a morning show to a breakfast club. That's kind of interesting, but it's all good. It's good to be back with you. It's good to talk about football. We got the tournament tonight here in Vegas. I yeah. mean, how good is that? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, Although I'm still just reeling over what happened last night in the Warriors Mavericks game personally because yeah. I did bet the Mavs. And by now, everybody knows what happened in the third quarter last night. But I love that Mark Cuban just comes out right away and calls it the worst officiating non-call mistake possible in the history of the NBA. It was so egregious. You know, how can that official, and I don't know his name, but how could he ever do a Mavericks game again? I mean, like typically when you see that the Mavericks are all the way down the court and the other team is right near their own field goal. Like, you're not going to say, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Like, they just want to give up a basket in the third quarter. That's what blows my mind is this is professional basketball, right? right? Like, all of these guys that are on the court know what they're doing. So the fact that you don't take a second, take a beat, and just be like, hmm, all five Warriors players are right here. All five Mavericks players are on the complete other side of the court. Maybe I should just take a beat and say, hey, guys, it's it's Warriors ball. Do you know that? Yeah, and, and you know, and the, I, I talked to a couple people in the Mavericks, and, you know, they're all concerned about, you know, like they were told – that that they made it the that that official made it very clear, but he clearly didn't make it very clear to anybody, including the people in the stands. Yeah, well, the PA announcer said Mavericks ball, and so that's what everybody on the Mavs bench sees is they see the arm motion to them based yeah. on. So it just I think those types of things need to be clear. I mean, we wouldn't be talking. We would be talking about this if the Warriors won by twelve or if the Mavericks won, but the fact that it came down to a two point yes. game. Which is ironic, right? And I mean, again, as someone who bet on the Mavericks last yeah. night, and no, like no game is determined by one play Correct. in the third quarter. Correct. We know that. Yeah, that's very but... Belichickian of you. You're starting to rub off on you. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's, it's never together. about one play. That's right. Exactly. But when you see the final result, 127-125, it was just a little frustrating for your girl last night. Hopefully we bounce back with the Sweet 16 today. We have uh, Will Hill coming on the program um, as well as Matt Eumann's great college basketball better and handicapper Mike Somich, too, in hour two. So we're going to get plenty of picks and then of course on the games the great today one. tomorrow. And then, of course, the great one joins us, Mike Palm. Yes, I mean, absolutely. We get him in studio. We get the wisdom of who was in Des Moines last week. I didn't realize he was there hosting people at the games and all that. So I wonder if he found that kid in his basement in Des Moines that does all the picking for these games, you know. <laughs> 
We, that's what Thomas Gables, we always would call his, his picks the Des Moines specials because there's like some kid in Des Moines in his basement making all these selections. So that's we'll see. Glorious. Are you on Arkansas today or are you on UConn? So the number keeps on going up on Arkansas. So I think I'm going to end up taking the four and a half points here. I do. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, this is going to be a hard one. And talking it is going to be hard. And talking to Mus, uh, you know, who's a friend, I think, you know, the length of UConn bother will, will be hard. I think a lot of these games, you've got to try to just stay on pace and get it to the final four minutes and see who can execute down the stretch. I think that's really going to what it's going to be. But it seems like the betting market loves UConn today. They absolutely do. Um, for me in Arkansas, like you just need you need Nick Smith and Anthony Black to show up today, uh, right? Like last game, them combining for four points yeah, isn't going to do I'm it. Not against count, a team I, like I this. don't know if I would count on Nick Smith to show up. I mean, like. I keep waiting to see this lottery pick when he's playing. I never see it. I I, I don't know. I like, I, I just I, I see an athlete with long arms and talent. Mm-hmm. I do see that, but I don't see a great basketball player who's smart. And I think one of the things that drives me crazy about Arkansas, and I've watched all their games, is the fact that they are so inconsistent and don't protect the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're kind of cavalier with the football and with the basketball, excuse me. And that and that bothers me. And in a game when you're playing against UConn, you've got to avoid losing before you can win. So, you know, but they I think that game gave them some the, the win against Kansas gave them some team unity and I think it also gave them some belief that they can do it. But it's going to require, like you said, it's going to require Anthony. It's going to require Council to play his best and Jordan Walsh to play his best in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, one bet I do like, aside from potential, and again, I haven't bet Arkansas yet, but I think that I might end up getting there before tip off. Um, but UConn, this is a kind of a silly bet, a fun bet. Everybody loves the first to tens. I like a first to ten second half on UConn. They have been dominant in second halves, and we saw what they did um, against Iona against St. Mary's, just dominant second half performances, outscoring them like crazy, hit first to 10 in both of those. And then Arkansas, even in the comeback second half that they had against Kansas, they did not collect money on the first to 10 yeah. second half. So that's just the, like well, a fun bet that I played. sometimes is painful to watch. But it's interesting. <laughs> you can, you wonder why this line's moving up. So Ken Palm, you know, he does his spreads. Now he has this game as a six-point spread, well below the number. So he thinks it's going to be. So that's why maybe. And this is a game where, you know, he ranks his he ranks his predictability based on what he believes will be the outcome. And this is, to me, the game he's most certain mm-hmm. will cover that number. So that could be driving some of this number as well. Because people look at, you know, people are looking at this for the matchups and how it's going to go and and see what it is. Musselman's going to have to have his best day. His team's going to, have, like you said, the the talent has to show up yep. to the highest level. Uh, the Adama Sonogo kid from from UConn is averaging 26 points per game. Nobody's been able to stop him at this point. So if Arkansas can limit him, I think that'll be key as well. The action begins in the East region. Um, that, that game, that UConn-Arkansas game, will be here in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. The first tip-off today is in the East region at MSG, um, Michigan State, Kansas State on TBS. Coincidentally, also according to BetMGM, the most bet game so yeah. far for the Sweet 16. Lots of people believing in, in Tom Izzo in March that that trend will continue. I'm going to take Kansas State in the points here. I, I, I don't see how Kansas State – I mean, I know Tom Izzo's great and all that, but I think when you have a point guard like Norwell, I, I think you can really create so much – offense and the way their toughness was against Kentucky. You know, they had every chance. Kentucky makes those runs. They come back. I I just think Kansas State's really good. And I think Kansas State, I don't know why they're not the favorite in the game. I mean, Ken Palm, once again, has them as a one-point favorite. And the the better seed in the game, absolutely. I think I, I honestly think it's the t- Tom Izzo effect in March and all of the Elite Eights that he's been to, 10-4 and four in the Sweet 16, all of these things. But what you said about Noel, he has scored or assisted in 62% of K-State's points in the tournament so far, which, by the way, since 2010, only John Morant has had more. So what he is doing on this pace has been historic to this point. Very challenging player. Uh, to game plan for. So we'll get through plenty of college basketball throughout the course of the show um, as we get set for these games. But we do have NFL things to discuss here, especially since there's this stretch of key pro days that are going on. Um, We had Ohio State and C.J. Stroud yesterday, Bryce Young in Tuscaloosa It's a love affair, Stormy. Everybody's in love. (laughs) Everybody, oh, it's the greatest. Everybody goes all Dick Vitale. Oh, he's the greatest. And we're watching him in underwear. Throw. I mean, like, seriously. Like, uh, Carolina had 14 people 
at that workout. There's not 14 people on planet Earth that can evaluate a quarterback. There's really not. There's not 14 people that can honor. That's why we have so many quarterback mistakes. You know, they got 14 in one organization. Like, it's overkill. And then, you know, you're watching the kid work out, and then people are reacting to Josh McCown's comments that he made to the kid. We have those. So, actually, why don't we play Josh McCown real quickly and him dapping up and saying goodbye to C.J. Stroud. Uh, I a little bit hard to make out, but no, it's... I'm deaf and I could make it out. Well, we'll find a court. He said, we got one right here. No, we'll find one when you get to Charlotte. Like, that's just common. Like, that's just common courtesy. He's going to say the same thing to, Stra- well, to, to, to Bryce Young today. So Go ahead. this is what I was going to say is everybody's taking that out of context as like as when you move to Charlotte or when you do that. But it's like, no, he and Bryce Young. And probably also Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are going to do individual. He might not challenge Anthony Richardson he, in basketball, though. He might get his <laughs> ass kicked in point. that one. That's yeah, an he might point. not do that there. But they're all going to go to Charlotte for additional interviews, Michael. So this isn't like a unique one thing. They're all going to be in Charlotte. Yeah, I, like I, we make so much out of it. I mean, we make so much out of that. One thing that I do, not necessarily just on the C.J. Stroud side of things, but. For going to these pro days in general, how impactful is it that David Tepper is at these? Well, he's involved in a decision. It tells you right right there. You know, he and his wife flew to meet with Deshaun Watson last year. They had dinner with Deshaun, along with Matt Rule and some of the other, a couple of other, and the general manager, Scott Federer. So he's involved. I mean, he runs this team. He has a huge hedge fund that he runs, but he runs this team too. It's like everything goes through him and, you know, he's got people that work for him and he's fully vested in this franchise. So, you know, he wants to be involved and I think he wants to see it with his own eyes. He's not going to be a guy that's going to say, okay, tell me what you saw. Tell me what you think. He's fully vested. And I think he's going to be what, what owners should be able to do is ask good questions. Like ask good questions. Like tell me why CJ Stroud is going to be successful. Tell me why he would fail. You know, what offense would be like, you've got to ask good questions. And the only way you can ask good questions is to understand what you're dealing with. So, I mean, I think he is involved and I think there is a conversation going on within their building that the, the court, the head coach, and you could see mm-hmm. that when Straub was standing next to him, that, that Frank Wright is glowing. Right. And, and he's also <laughs> the same size. Yes. Yes. We always want, Coaches always want an extension of themselves at quarterback, especially if they play. Like, one of the reasons why when we won in Las Vegas, when Gruden went to Tampa and Mark Tressman took over, we changed the offense to more of a a different style of offense. When Gruden was there, he wanted to play it as if he was the quarterback. It worked, and it was good. But once we changed, it became better. I think that's where, where right now Frank Wright is. He wants somebody who reminds him of himself playing quarterback. And with the glowing face that he had yesterday, the odds for C.J. Stroud, by the way, yesterday when we were on the air, he was a minus 185 favorite. This morning, a $4 favorite. That is how dramatic the odds have moved. But Bryce Young, again, having his pro day in Tuscaloosa today. We're going to step aside, but no way or no doubt when we come back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, dance, bro. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now, time for one of our favorite regular segments. No way! Or no doubt. I didn't realize I say no doubt that much, but I guess I must do. Elliot called me out on it. So. <laughs> and you're rubbing off on me. I said uh, I'm, I, I'm saying I, it I, now. I, so yeah, I say, yeah, good thing. I, good thing this is we can't curse on the show, or else I would be rubbing off on you on other things. So get the trucker mouth going. Yeah, exactly. So in this segment, we're just going to recap some of the news items in the NFL and get Michael's opinion on whether or not he agrees with a no way or a no doubt. We left off the last segment talking about. All these pro days that are getting underway. Yesterday, 118 NFL representatives, 10 GMs, 7 head coaches, and an NFL owner were on site in Columbus at Ohio State's pro day. 30 of 32 teams represented. But how valuable are these events really? So, Michael, no way or no doubt, NFL front offices can learn a lot from these pro days. There's no doubt they can learn a lot from the pro days. And a lot of it isn't the workout that they're learning from. They're able to kind of navigate their way around the campus, talk to different people, see them in their environment, and then really try to make a character assessment about the player. This is really what it's more about, is getting on campus, talking to people outside the coach's office to learn about the player. Remember, the first rule of scouting is to learn more about the player before you draft him than after you draft him. So you're trying to get a complete profile breakdown of the guy. Now, once you go to the field, you can see him work out. You can see his behavior. You can see how hard he's prepared for this. You know, if he gains weight like Carter Mm -hmm. did down at Georgia, that's a huge red flag. If you see them really prepared, you can't overreact because when you practice something all the time, short shuttle, 40, you're going to get better at it. So you got to temper that back. If you can't match the workout to the tape, it becomes hard. So there's a lot to gain from going here. I think 14 people is excessive. To draft Mm -hmm. a quarterback first overall, it's not going to be based on this. It's not going to be based on the dinner before. It's going to be based on him flying to your facility, which you're allowed to do, getting him in the office, putting him on a blackboard, teaching him your system, seeing if he can regurgitate it back to you the next day, really kind of dig deep into the mental aspect of it. In the meantime, while they are doing the the pro day portion of this, is there value for the Panthers getting to see C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young back-to-back days? Yeah, I think there is. And I think there is to be able to, to kind of, it's only because of your memory bank, right? So your memory, what what becomes fresh in your mind stays in your mind. So you know, here's here's C.J. Stroud. Okay, now we have Bryce Young. Now, Bryce Young will dazzle them today. 
because Bryce Young is everything you want a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be clear here. If Bryce Young was 6'2", there would be no doubt he's the yep. first pick in the draft. Okay, the only reason Bryce Young isn't the first pick overall is he's 5'10", and he's 195 pounds, whatever he's going to weigh today. That's the only reason. And that's what you have to constantly keep in mind. So he's going to be really overly impressive mm-hmm. in the off-the-field stuff. When you talk to Nick Saban or you talk to any of the people in the Alabama community, they're going to, they're going to rave about the kid. They're going to rave about his work ethic, how he's the first one in the building, all the things you want your quarterback to be, he will be. So uh, he can only go up today. Now, the thing I think what we said when we went to break, Stormy, is when he stood next to you, and when he stood next to Frank Wright, that's a little bit of a concern, you know? And that's what bothers you. Now, he doesn't get balls batted down. I mean, that's clear. But you're worried about the physicality. But that's what happened with Steph Curry, too. Everybody was yeah. worried about the physicality. Yeah, I mean, he has played at Alabama behind a big offensive line. Throughout. He doesn't get balls batted down. Yeah, so... He- um. He'll have his pro day in about an hour. That's when that's starting. And speaking of his weight, um, some of the reports that have come out in the like early going have been that he's at least kept on that weight from the combine. Yeah, so I'm we'll not, see what he looks I'm like. I'm not worried about his weight. I'm worried about his frame. Yeah. I'm worried about his body taking hits. I'm worried about, oh my gosh, when he gets off the ground, can he stay? I mean, look, Jimmy Garoppolo has got a good body and he's got weight, but he seems to get hurt way too much, right? So it, but we're making way too much right. out of the weight. Next one. Now, I already know the answer to this one because I read vcin.com every morning and you have a great article up on the subject. The Colts currently have the number four overall pick in the NFL draft. Some reports have come out that they have not ruled out pursuing Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. No way or no doubt the Colts should submit an offer sheet for the former MVP. Well, I think there's no doubt they should, but I do want to preface that by saying they should. Chris Bauer owes it to the Colts organization to do as much due diligence as possible, to really dig deep and basically come back to Jim Irsay and say, here's the reasons why we should, and here's the reasons why we shouldn't. He should not say what typically people are all saying is no one wants to build around a quarterback that you have to pay. It's true, you don't want to, but what's our alternative as an Indianapolis Colt? And that's what I tried to write about yesterday as I flew back from Calgary. What is our alternative? Do we sit here and say, we don't have one, we're just going to keep continuing to go down the broken quarterback path? Or do we finally commit some serious cash to this problem and serious assets? I think that's something he should explore. He should get on on, on the owner's airplane, fly with his head coach, and spend as much time as he can with Lamar Jackson and his mother to find out if that's a marriage that they can go forward with because he gives it, he's a solution. As I wrote about, Occam's razor indicates whenever you have two compelling compelling decisions, take the simplest one. This is simple. Trying to trade up for an unproven commodity is not simple. And if the reports are true that the non-NFLPA rep that has been trying to go around and talk to other teams um, on Lamar Jackson's behalf are true, then he wants to go somewhere else. Um, I do believe that. I think that's right, Stormy. I think that the Ravens are frustrated, and I think he's frustrated. And I think there's something that's happened within the organization that has caused him to kind of disassociate. I've heard that, and not reliably, this is hearsay, that he was not as diligent. Now, I know John Harbaugh said he was, but there was a lot of disconnect on the treatment. So there was a lot of things that were going on when he got hurt that was very uncomfortable. Remember, John Harbaugh was of the mindset he was going to be fine in a couple weeks, and that turned into the end of the year. Speaking of discontent with your organization, Austin Eckler feels disrespected and underpaid at the Chargers, so naturally he wants more money elsewhere. Unfortunately, there's not much of a market for him and his position. But... You don't need to hear it from me. Let's get it directly from the horse's mouth here. What's Eckler have to say? Look, man, like I'm, I'm so underpaid right now yeah. as far as my contract and what I contribute to the team. It's like I am, I am relentlessly pursuing this. Like yeah. I, I want to get something long term done. I want a team that wants me long term. Yeah. Right. Because look, I, I'm at the peak of my game. Right. Like yeah. I'm. I'm going to score you another 20 touchdowns. As long as I'm healthy, I'm going to score you 20 touchdowns. I'm going to have, you know, another 1,600 all-purpose yards. Yeah. Right? I'm getting half my value of what I could be getting. Yeah. Right? So it's like I am relentlessly pursuing someone who wants me for the long term. Half his value isn't wrong either. He's due six and a quarter million dollars this year. But you look at some of the big 
running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, who are making 15 and $16 million a year. Yeah. Um, so no way or no doubt, Eckler deserves a better deal to match There's his production. no doubt he deserves a better deal. Look, the guy had 107 catches last year. He had 127 targets. He's got an over 80% catch percentage. That If you throw him the ball, he's catching it and making yards. It's remarkable. Scored, uh, you know, five touchdowns. I think he had 16 on the ground. I mean, this is a legitimate weapon. And he is the one player like Camaro, like McCaffrey, that you can substitute when he's on the field and you don't have to substitute. So he can play running back. He can play slot. He can go outside and play. He can play X or Z. And he can play F in the slot. He's multidimensional. He's got great hands. He's explosive. He's got incredible quickness. Look, he is a true weapon. The problem is nobody wants to pay all this money. The market is really very dry right now. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to pay big money. I mean, Lamar Jackson's better than every quarterback in this draft, and he can't get an offer sheet. What do the Chargers want for him? Like, if I were in the Chargers, he makes our offense more effective. Like, we gave all this money to Keenan Allen. I would rather give the money to him than Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen averages 10 yards a catch. Right? I mean, that's just fact. He's a great player. He averages... I mean, nobody drives to the stadium saying... I got to stop Keenan Allen. I'm nervous. Oh my God, it's Keenan Allen. What are we going to do? They drive to the stadium worrying about we better stop Mike Williams and we better stop Austin Eckler. That's what they worry about. And yet you've kind of messed up the pay structure of your team. I agree with the kid. And I understand historically paying a running back that third contract hasn't worked out for the most part, but he hasn't really been injured very much either. And... Well, but he got screwed. He was a free agent, so he never got any money. Yep. And then he and even then... that last deal he signed was right, because, criminal. <laughs> because he was still he was working from a place of disadvantage. You know, had he been a first round pick, you know, he would have got. Would you let me ask you this question? Put your GM hat on. Would you okay. trade Eckler for Barkley? I like Austin Eckler. I would not. I would definitely, if the Giants called me up and said Eckler for Barkley, no, I would say no. But I could see if I were a Giant GM, I would want Eckler. Oh, yeah, I would want him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it from the Chargers side. I wouldn't make that swap. I would want Austin Eckler. But the Giants would laugh at that. They would say, oh, no way we would do that. Oh, (laughs) of course I would do that. Oh, one more, eight seconds. Cam Newton, no way or no doubt in the NFL this year. Well, it's more about contract than anything else. It's not about talent. We can dig into that a little bit later. We got Will Hill coming up next. Get into some Sweet 16 picks and more on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year for just $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for each and every game of the dance. Only VSIN Pro subscribers, though, get access to our daily best bets, exclusive betting splits, and picks and breakdowns for every single game. Sign up today, get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through the end of the tournament. Again, just $19 at vsin.com slash subscribe. Another person who produces some wonderful content for the website. Will Hill, champion of the Circa College Hoops Contest, joins us now as he continues to deliver some winners as we get ready for the Sweet 16 tonight. Michael, um, Will Hill, how's it going, buddy? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Where Where are you before we go in the NC2A? Have you made a bet on who's the first pick overall in the draft? No, I, th- I, I bet a little young earlier. I'm not sure that's going to win, though. Seems like it's Stroud, though. I mean, we've seen this the past few years where these favorites th- these favorites flip a, a bunch of times between now and the draft. So uh, I- I'm focused on these college games. I'm not trying to, you know, lip read these uh, these conversations between Stroud and whoever. So it's uh, it's sort of a fascinating fascinating uh, to watch these markets. I did bet the one I feel good about, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think I gave it out on the show a few weeks ago. Plus 330 to be the first wide receiver, and I think he's the favorite now. So uh, once March Madness ends, we get into draft season pretty quickly here. Yeah, you'll be right there betting it all there. So let's yes, start. Yes, he is the favorite. Odds on, $2 favorite, and go. Jigba is. I like yeah, and, that. And he had a hell of a workout yesterday, mm-hmm. so that only sealed it. You know, it's only going to go forward. It, it, even though we missed a year, you know, that workout's going to really manif- manifest itself. And you, when you watch his tape from the, the prior year, you're like, whoa, this guy's incredible. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, let's get... Oh, see, I told you, no doubt. I can't stop. I can't stop. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into some of these Sweet 16 games. We got to start asking you about FAU because we know you've got a big ticket on them to make the Final Four. Legitimately, though, as far as this game goes, the matchup with Tennessee, they're getting five and a half. Are you still feeling confident? Are you still on that side? Would you take the points with FAU if you were somebody who did not have that future ticket? Talk us through it. 
I'd still take them. I, I bet them again tonight, plus the five and a half. I do think they win tonight. It makes me a little nervous. I just listening to all these shows. Everybody seems to like them. Uh, but look, so we saw that last week with Furman in Virginia. Everyone liked Furman and Furman was able to come through, although it wasn't easy. Uh, I just think, you know, Tennessee doesn't see a lot of teams that shoot the ball well in the SEC. If you look at sort of a prototype for Florida Atlantic, it's Missouri, it's Vanderbilt. Those teams can actually shoot the ball and play small ball and spread you out. Uh, and those teams beat Tennessee at combined three times. I think if Tennessee, if it becomes a wrestling match, obviously it's a, an advantage to Tennessee. And that really was uh, a wrestling match the other day against Duke. They really let both teams get away with a lot physical Tennessee throwing elbows. I think Florida Atlantic can spread them out and, and take away that physicality Four really good guards. They take a bunch of threes. They make a bunch of threes. They're good on both sides of the ball. Uh, Tennessee can really go through some cold spells on offense. I think Florida State, Florida Atlantic shoots it well tonight and, and moves on. I think Florida Atlantic uh, wins again. I, I, you got to look when you when you look at Florida Atlantic, Stormy. For the first time you see them, you're like, whoa, they are really a physically good looking team. You know, they look older than when you watch Duke. Duke looked like they hadn't been to the weight room, and Tennessee had, which is always the concern when you're. I mean, Tennessee's an older team. And yet, I do think Florida Atlantic defensively, with their length and their physicality, will give Tennessee some trouble. I think a lot of it's going to come down to, Will, is can they is that rim, are they comfortable shooting in the new arena? You know, we see this all the time, which is why the unders hit. It's, it, that, to me, is the adjustment. Yep, absolutely. And it, I think a big thing is going to be how this game is officiated because they really mm -hmm. let a lot of stuff go against Tennessee and Duke. And I think if Coach K were coaching Duke last week instead of Shire, I think some of those elbows would have gone retaliated. You, you saw Tennessee elbowing these guys left and right. Duke never really retaliated. I think you see that sometimes with a younger coach. So it'll be fascinating to watch. I'm excited. I think this is 9 o'clock Eastern, so we got to wait a little bit for this one to start. But I'm excited for uh, for the Owls to hopefully march on here. Rick Barnes, uh, according to our own Tim Murray, wrote this on vcin.com, 3-14 and 14 against the spread on an against-the-spread run in the tournament at this point. And how cool would it be, FAU, their first time ever getting any wins in the tournament at all? And they go to the Elite Eight. All right, another one. My alma mater, San Diego State, taking on Alabama. They're getting seven and a half points. This is a total that has been bet down significantly from 143 to now, I think we saw as low as 135 and a half, now sitting 136 and a half. What's your handicap? Yeah, I actually saw 134 pop up. I was oh, surprised wow. it went back up. I think this is an under. I think San Diego State, and this game is all about pace. Alabama wants to run, but San Diego State is one of the best teams in the country at preventing transition. Yeah, they, they defend are. the rim. They defend the perimeter. That's a really good coach with extra time to prepare here. Uh, Miller for Alabama, maybe not 100%. So to me, if you like San Diego State, play the under. This is one we don't talk about a lot, a lot about parlays, but this is one where I could see parlaying San Diego State and the under because if it's an under game it favors san diego state if this becomes a run and gun game it favors bama so this might be one if you like san diego state you got to like the under and vice versa and i do like san diego state too i think they can keep them close uh, i think this is a lot of points for a game that uh, could be a half court game i think you know if, if you're the slower team it's easier to slow a team down than it is to speed them up so i think they can slow bama down and i, I think we're looking at like uh you know 64 62 66 60 type of game i think this is an under game and i think this is a an Aztec game. I'm I'm rooting for you to upset them. I don't know that they get it done, but I'd be I'd be happy to see uh, San Diego State move on here. Have we ever had? I, I think I heard this stout the other day. It didn't even make sense to me. That didn't seem possible. Have we never had a Mountain West team in the Elite Eight? Is that right? Um, I mean, Santa Clara. What? Um, they're not Mountain West, no, right? WCC. So. Uh, I'd have to look into that. I honestly don't know that answer. It doesn't seem right, but I, I'm pretty sure I heard that. Now I mean, Danny I'm thinking about it. BYU team, but that was the whack. So that these conferences change yeah, all the time. So, so they shift everything You think around. of some of those great teams, but how far did they go? Yeah. yeah. Um, then, all I know is San Diego State, the last time they were in the Sweet 16, got dogged by Arizona, and it was my senior year in college, and I was devastated. Well, yeah, probably had a good night drinking after that. That was awesome. That's you, true. Yeah, I'm sure I you did. I remember they had a tough Sweet 16 against UConn, too. I think when Kawhi, Kawhi had to have been there, so I think it was 2011, where it was a really close game. UConn went on to win the national championship. Yep. I think they got Kawhi with like a technical and a flagrant, and UConn got four free throws and, and won a close game. That was 2011, I'm pretty sure. You, you know, the thing I like about watching the tournament is that, that this is, which doesn't happen as often often in the NFL as it should, is the college basketball coaches really spent a lot of time trying to understand how to play the game to win the game. What pace do we need to play? And I think that's going to be the key for San Diego State. You know, Ken Palm has this as a 138 game. And, you know, but you got to believe they're going to slow the game down and, mm -hmm. and go into a half court. So, you know, you know, and the way they coach, and I, I think – 
you know, Dutcher's ability to really kind of change and adapt his game plan, it fits perfectly for them as long as they don't get overwhelmed from the start. Yeah, I hope so. And I do. I have similar plays as you will. I got SDSU plus eight earlier in the week and I took the under 137 and a half here. I very much so feel like they're going to just do their best to slow this game down. Um, Some of Alabama's best strengths shooting the ball are some of SDSU's best strengths defensively. So hopefully that'll all um, play out to that extent. We'll just have to wait and see. But I wanted to make sure we got to this UConn-Arkansas game as well because you mentioned the Huskies there and um, I'm surprised that you're not having a little bit more. I mean, the boy from Jersey City and Dan Hurley leading the way for UConn, but your boy Musselman. Well, I mean, I got to go with my guy, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm going to go with him all the way. I mean, he, he's caused me a lot of aggravation. I mean, I watched that team all year, and I, they, they, they are not a typical Musselman-type team. You know, they don't they don't play smart all the time. But I think what he said the other day was, I think we're growing and getting better as a team. I don't think they've reached their full potential. Maybe in the last eight minutes – you know, the Kansas game is when they really came together. You know, Davis made the plays. Council made the plays. You know, the, their two five-star recruits are, are not there yet. But what do you think, Will? What, where are you on this one? I sat here last week and I said I thought Arkansas would beat Illinois. I thought they'd give Kansas a hard game. So I've been high on Arkansas. I like their talent. I just think this is a tough matchup because Arkansas, so many of their points come at the rim, in the paint. And UConn's a tough team to score inside on because they're so big. They're so physical. I think the game comes down to when UConn has the ball, can they defend Sonogo without double teaming him? Because if you double him, you really leave yourself vulnerable on the perimeter to a lot of shooters. And then on the other side of the ball, if there's a weakness for UConn, it's almost they're too big. So can you isolate them? Can you make them play in space? You know, pick and roll, take advantage of their size, use their size against them. Uh, I think that's what, what the game comes down to. But to me, I think Arkansas, they're too reliant on finishing at the rim. I think this is a good matchup for UConn. I think everyone keeps their clothes on tonight and UConn wins the game. <laughs> I think it's going to be a fun game. And speaking of like the coach keeping his clothes on, both of these coaches are going to have cameras just dialed in on them. Very emotional yes, yeah. Hur- types Hurley's of guys. It's going to be fun. Out of control. He, he's not even animated. Hurley's out of control <laughs> on these sidelines. He, he really is. I got to ask you, Lombardi, because you watch them probably more than me. I, you know, I see Nick Smith. They say he's a top eight, top ten pick. I don't, I don't see, it. see it. I don't yeah, see, I don't it. see I it. I mean, it's, it's just been, it's been a perception. Like, I, yeah. he may be a top ten workout, but he right. doesn't play to the level of unless he's got another gear that I haven't mm-hmm. seen. But it, you know, his shot's not very good. He doesn't really play smart. I don't know what position he plays in the NBA. You know, is he a wing? But he doesn't shoot well. He's not a point guard. I, I mean, I know that's what it's advertised. You know, but look, the, you get this rep as you're a player and you get those stars put on you and, and it, it truly it doesn't always matter. I mean, how many five star college high school quarterbacks are have, you know, come out that have never even played in the NFL. So you have to be really careful. I, I don't trust the stars. Well, 15 seconds. You also like Texas tomorrow. Xavier won't be able to stay in front of them. Xavier's going to get their points on the other end. So I I like Texas and I like an over. I think we'll start to see a little comeback in the overs here as well. You're the man. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Been doing really, really, really well with college hoops this year. And San Diego State, I got to go back. I just keep thinking that that first game, they were a little tight. It's been hard for them to get out of the first round of the tournament. But maybe now they They can dial it in. They make this close in in the last five minutes. I, I think Alabama will tense up. I really do. Let's cover that eight, baby. Let's get it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. 
this is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my my game. Game. <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. There's no better time to hit the court for some exciting action in college basketball than right now. Sign up with BetMGM using the code VSIN1000 and place your first bet on March matchups. If your wager loses, you'll still receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Find out why March is the most magical month in sports and take your shot at thrilling tournament wins. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Rolling along here as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line, live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino alongside Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bond and Tony. One of the NFL news items, Michael, we did not get to yes. earlier in the program is that the Jets mm-hmm. have traded Elijah Moore and a third-round pick to the Browns for a second-round pick. And I'm going to channel my inner Happy Gilmore here. Like, yeah. somebody's closer. Yeah. Are we getting closer to a deal with the Jets and Packers now with this move? Well, I mean, when they signed, you, you know, when they made the move to bring Lasard in, you wondered what were they going to do with Elijah Moore. So they gave – but I thought that was going to be Corey Davis was exiled, mm-hmm. which is going to happen once they finalize the Rodgers deal. The Elijah Moore thing was then they signed Mikel Hardiman, which – you know, people want to say, well, obviously Aaron Rodgers must have wanted to do that. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers never played with Hardiman, so I don't know. And Hardiman's a guy that, you know, fits a role. I'm not sure he's exactly what you want. But when you looked at the Jets last year, I didn't think receiver was a weak point for him. You know, Moore was a good player. I mean, even Barrios played. They cut mm-hmm. his. They cut him because of his salary. So, uh, to me, look, I thought it was a great deal for Cleveland get a good receiver. Basically, all, all it cost them was a move down in the draft. They still end up with a pick. They didn't lose a pick. They lost a spot within the draft. And so what would it have cost to go for the Jets to go from 72 to 42, whatever it was, whatever the number is, you know, that's probably a three and a four. And so that's what they ended up getting for more. So I thought it was a good deal. It's going to be fascinating to see how this Jets all comes together, especially mm-hmm. up front with their offensive line and how they protect the quarterback. Rich Samini um, also said that Odell Beckham Jr. is still very much a possibility for Green Bay. You know, buying? Uh, well, I mean, look, I, you know, the, the as Tony Soprano says, the worst form of conversation is remember when. Everybody wants to remember when Odell was good and he scored 35 touchdowns his first three years. Mm. Do you know if he's any good? Are you sure? I'm not sure. I've already told you, though, my feelings on OBJ. I mean, like, seriously, I don't know. I mean, like, he's got name power and he wants money. I mean, like he's not like you when when we were doing da- uh, no way or no doubt. We ended up on Cam Newton, and you said, "Will he be on a roster?" He should be on a roster. The problem is, what happens to a lot of these guys? Why they end up at the end of their career is they don't want to play for the reduced number. So there's a backup quarterback market that's out there. Okay, that's pretty common, right? So you're going to make 
you might get four, five million over two years, three of a guaranteed, let's say. Well, Cam play for that. Mm-hmm. Is that or does he want to get seven million, fourteen million for two years, and then build it to a starter? See, that's the difference. That when he says there's no way thirty-two guys are better than him, I don't. I wish dis- he said guys. Yeah, <laughs> I don't disagree. I mean, he's a unique leader. He's a hard worker. He's an incredible human being. I, I think he would be an asset to any team's locker room. He would dominate the locker room, mm-hmm. though. I mean, he would win the, if you have a milk toast at quarterback. You know, and you don't have a guy who's really an alpha male. Cam's going to take over that locker room. So you have to be careful about that. There's a lot that goes into it than just should we sign him. I would sign him. You know, I would sign him. But to me, he's not going to play for five million over two. Plus, watching the workout yesterday, and I did. You know, I couldn't tell if his arm was back to normal. The shoulder injury is really what's keeping him. People have to look at it because this is a huge man who can still do some things with the football, but he's not a unique passer any longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's can he push the ball downfield? That's the big question that everybody has about Cam. And you're 1,000% right when it comes to his personality. He is a very, very dynamic, boisterous kind of a guy. He's got that alpha dog personality. I think that's the perfect term to use for him. Um, and I really I don't see him taking that little money, and I don't see him being capable given who he is and who he's been as a Heisman Trophy winner, a guy who played in a Super Bowl and won an NFL MVP and has had the levels of success that he has to be able to sit behind someone else. And he is wonderful at helping others get better. Don't get me wrong. Like, I loved when I worked in Carolina and got to see firsthand how much he brought other people with him. Um, But in a quarterback room where he's not the number one, I don't know how that dynamic is. Yeah, that's the part. But that's why the Patriots, when they went with Mac, they didn't know – if, if Cam could not be the number one. Yep. And I think that's the issue. I think Cam's a great, great person. So I would say there's no there's no way he shouldn't be a starter, but there are other circumstances that come into play. Speaking of his former team in the Carolina Panthers, earlier this week we did a deep dive in the AFC West. Let's turn our attention here to the NFC South. And, I mean, a division that's had a lot of changes, a division that struggled mightily last year, um, but there was a lot of parity in the league. And that was with Tom Brady quarterbacking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now it's going to be Baker Mayfield out there in Tampa. Um, But as you just kind of look at the division from that 50-foot view, who do you think could really take this thing when all is said and done? I I think the Saints are – I actually think Carolina is in really good shape. I like them too. I I think Carolina is going to be, because of the uncertainty at quarterback, and even though I I felt like at the end of the year, injuries really hurt Carolina. J.C. Horn's injury really affected them. They need another rusher to go alongside. They they were going to re-sign Riddick last year, but they were involved in in the, the Sean Watson, and they couldn't get to that. So they didn't. I think the Panthers are, are a good team, and if they get good quarterbacking play with Miles Sanders in the backfield, a really good offensive line, you know, maybe they'll sign D.J. Chark to go along with Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. Terrence Marshall at the receiving core. They need to improve in that area. They haven't given away all their picks. They can still do some of that. I think the team destined for a disaster are the Bucks. I think Brady's a tough act to follow. I really do. I mean, I think Baker Mayfield, I don't think Baker Mayfield played good last year. Maybe he played good in the second half against the Raiders, kind of just winging it. But when he had a play, he wasn't. I mean, the Bucks' offensive line isn't very good. Their defense isn't the same level that it once was. I, I just don't see the Bucks as being a really good team. The Falcons, if you put Lamar Jackson on the Falcons, I'd say they win the South. Which is why I'm so confused with Atlanta being one of those teams that was in the sweepstakes and going for, gunning for Deshaun Watson the way that they did uh, a year or so ago, how they're not interested or trying to make that effort to put an offer sheet in for Lamar Jackson, yet they, they believe in Desmond Ritter and pull in Taylor Heineke. It makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. And he fits. And for Arthur Smith. Like, did you see anything from Desmond Ritter that was like, oh, yeah, he's our guy saw, of the future? I, I, I like Desmond Ritter coming out. I thought he had traits yeah i didn't think sure, he had sure. i thought he had the traits you need but i didn't think he had the production or the consistency within those traits i liked his leadership i liked his determination i liked his competitiveness but there were times where it was just bad to look at on tape and that showed up last year i mean he had a hard time completing you know we talk about the expected percentage of completion which justin fields is a disaster in which is one of the reasons why I don't know how people can say he's going to be the MVP next year because he couldn't complete a normal pass. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that is one of the most critical stats in football. People say, why did the Raiders get rid of Carr? Well, the expected completion percentage, he was in the bottom third of the league in that area. That, that means if the guy's open, you can throw him the ball. That's what, made, what I talked about Eckler. When he has an 84% completion percentage, if the ball's thrown to him, he's catching it 84% of the time. He had 127 targets. He had 107 catches. That's, that's what we're talking about. Where Ritter, th- there was just easy throws he couldn't make. Same thing with Fields. There are easy throws he can't make. That's, mm-hmm. why, that's why the Bears average 22 passes a game. Well, and with the Falcons last year, that was part of the issue with Marcus Mariota's. They weren't moving the football. And then you bring in Desmond Ritter, and that was at least a hope for me when he came in was that, okay, now we're going to start seeing more in the passing game. Now we're going to start seeing some of the – but no, that's that's not what happened at all. And speaking to those that accurate passes, I think that's another like knock on Cam Newton the last year or so oh, of, no his, doubt. No, of his career, There's obviously. no question that Cam struggled to throw complete – I mean, his arm, he wasn't – after the shoulder injury, he's not yeah. been the same. Well, so Baker, after all of his injuries, he hasn't really been the same. Do no. you think that's something that's worn on him? I think his height's a problem. I think Baker, unlike Bryce Young, can't see. Bryce Young can move and slide. A little bit Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees was a world-class tennis player in high school, right? He had that ability to move laterally and slide and instinctively find the open lane. Whereas Baker just can't. Baker's number one thing he said in the huddle at Oklahoma was, I I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. That's why he overthrows passes. Mm -hmm. That's why he gets interceptions. I'm not, I never was a Baker fan coming out. I wasn't a Baker fan you know, last year in Carolina, he, I mean, if they would have played Darnold at the beginning of the year, he was hurt. I think Carolina wins the division. Going back this full circle on this, I, I would not underestimate Carolina. Carolina, the second shortest shot on the odds board, plus 250. The Saints, your favorite with Derek Hart, quarterback, plus 125. Falcons, 4-1. to one. Bucks sitting there at 5-1. to one. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back and back into some college hoops, Matt Eumanns will join the program next on the Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 